Hello, welcome to episode number five of the C for Serious About Gaming podcast. My name is Richard, and this week we have Will Iverson with his game Blaze Sky. Now, I know I always introduce the name and the game in this little intro section, and then the first question I ask in the interview is, what is your name and game? But just in case you haven't heard it, that's all. So you've got it twice now. At the end of this, towards the end of the interview, we... Uh, you'll hear Will and I discuss a time to stream the game, but uh, that has actually changed ever so slightly. So I'm going to leave it in the interview just because it was weird to edit. So you can catch me live streaming Blaze Sky, which will be the first time ever it's been streamed. So an exclusive for you. Um, but I'm not going to give any more away because um, you're going to listen to the interview now. So you can catch that live stream on Twitch. So it's twitch.tv forward slash c for serious um and that will be on the 18th of march 2020 um and that is going to be around 8 p.m gmt i'm afraid i'm not going to convert it for all your uh worldwide time zones um but some homework for you you can do that so 8 p.m gmt on the 18th i'll be streaming the game and will will be in the chat as well so if you want to ask him any questions about the game or anything you want to give him feedback then jump in the stream and let them know. And I look forward to seeing you. So, here comes the interview. See you soon. Welcome to the show, Will Iverson. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Um, okay, so what we're going to do, we're just going to, it's a little bit different this week because for the first time, I haven't actually played your game. So, I'm going to be doing this from the point of view of someone who's almost completely blind to the game. So, you're going to probably going to get some really stupid questions i'm afraid sorry about that oh that's perfect it's great <laughs> nobody has seen the game except for um if you went to pax east so we've never okay. we've got we've never shown it in public and we've never never had anybody stream it or anything so oh okay well that's perfect then yeah. uh right okay so, so i've got my nine questions as per usual um so i'll start with question number one again it always sounds like a dating show when i start that <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, sounds yeah. great. Question number one. Tell us who you are and what your game is called. Sure. So my name is Will Iverson. The The name of my micro studio, because it's really, let's face it, it's just me, <laughs> uh, is Double Robot. And uh, the name of the game is Blaze Sky. And so it's a, um, the pitch that we used at PAX that really seemed to resonate for folks was uh, it's Asteroids, the role-playing game. But it's got 3D 3D graphics and it looks really pretty and all of that. Okay, yeah, I mean, I have, like I said, I haven't played the game, but I've just looked on the website here. I've got the website open for anyone looking at the live stream on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it looks ridiculously good. I mean, what is going on? This this is not this is not how indie games are supposed to be. What have you done? Right. Right. <laughs> well, so I can tell you a little bit about how that how this happened, if you'd like. Go for whatever you like. Run. Yeah, just roll under that. Yeah, so, um, so ever since I was a little kid, I like spaceship games, right? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. fun. And I, of course, I'm a fan of all the big science fiction stuff, everything from Star Trek to Babylon 5 to now stuff like The Expanse and what have you. Absolutely. And, yeah. And so there was this game that I played back in college, which, you know, it's dating, dating me a bit, but it was a game on that came out on the Mac and it was called Escape Velocity. And okay. it was a 2D top-down game. And it really was like Asteroids, the role-playing game. You'd start out with this janky little shuttlecraft and then as you played the game, you could uh, explore and go 
to other star systems and there were missions and quest lines and ship upgrades and this is fun fun game and i spent a lot of time on it um and so a couple years ago when i decided that i was going to change from doing server side development and instead be a game developer i was going through ideas for like well, what game do i make right for like kind of basic stuff and I, I mean i had this big long list of things and some of them were you know sort of the classic kind of like experimental weird things and that was good because when i was building a lot of these um these titles it was good to practice and build building those things but i kind of decided i wanted to I didn't want to do mobile. I wanted to make just a really classic game that could run on desktops and consoles. So uh, switched to using Unity instead of some of these other lower level frameworks. And I just said, look, I just want to make the game. So what I did was about a year ago was I put together a little prototype. And the idea was just that. It was just Asteroids, the role-playing game. And so you know, have a ship, fly around, blow stuff up, go get missions, inventory, and just kind of build out the basics of it. So I built that, and I only spent about two or three months doing a quick and dirty version of it. And then I went to GDC last year, showed it off to a bunch of the platform people, and said, hey, what do you think? Would you guys be interested in publishing something like that? And then and I got a really f- favorable response from them. They all got the idea. They thought it was cool. you know. So basically starting, so then from about March, April through August, um, I started putting all the notes together on the design, how big the story was going to be, what the star systems were going to be, and how I was going to build it. So the game that you're looking at right now, the very first commit to the GitHub repository was August 1st. So it oh. really has of, of last year. Wow, really? Yeah. So um, <laughs> it's pretty quick. That's that very quick. Yeah, and so here's the here's the the trick. This is the thing that makes this game a little unique from most people that I talk to. Is okay. what I did was I said um, I'm going to make all of the guts of the game, like the quest system and inventory and weapons and stats and all that stuff. That's actually all a headless game. So I, I joke I could I could release the command line version of this game. Um, okay. <laughs> and so. All, all of the things that are tricksy, because like making an RPG on some level is insane. Like you know, solo developers shouldn't shouldn't try to make something like this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but what that meant was that by building the guts of the thing headless, it also meant that I could write automated test cases. So on my computer, I can you know hit the button to run the test suite, and I can have the game play ten thousand times with exploring every single nook and cranny of all the quests and the orders that you run them into and how many monsters you're going to fight and all that stuff. So then the visuals are really just like this layer in Unity on top of that. Okay. So it's a very kind of backwards way of building games. A lot of people, what they'll do is they'll sit down, they'll start working in Unity, and they connect and wire up a bunch of stuff, but there's no structure. they'll They'll build a game around how it looks and yep so like when you jump into a star system in my game um it creates the star system it adds wandering monsters it adds all the monsters for your quests it adds all the star system like visuals and stuff all of that stuff is really just thin pretty visuals on top of the 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 command line gets so yeah so that was really cool and that's part of where i was able to get a lot of traction really quickly 
Um, the yeah. guts, like all the quests and everything, those are all just CSV files. Um, really? so, wow. Okay. So it just pulls the file in when you, yep. when you need it. Yeah. And so, um, what that means is, is that I'm hoping that later on people are going to be able to mod it and add their own quests. And, yeah. I was going to say it makes it very modular, doesn't it? Yep. Exactly. It gives you a lot of control. I mean, again, yeah. don't forget I'm now I'm not a developer. So, uh, you know, yeah. if I can understand some of this, then, then you're doing well because all i do is play the games and shoot stuff yeah well like and that's that's really what you want to do right like so if you're if you're a modder eventually the way i want to get it to to be is that if somebody wants to write a story and they have excel that's they can write and add quests and storylines they can add their own like the guts of the equipment and the stats and stuff, they can add all that stuff. Um, and then if the, if somebody wants to add a 3D model of their own ship, uh, they will need Unity to do that, but they can just do that with the free version of Unity. And so I'm, I'm oh. going to write up the documentation. So, so this has a huge scale for for customization and um, end user, you know. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, engagement. Yeah. Really take this and, and go where they want with it if they want to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm building a whole science fiction story, and it's all based on, you know, these cool, I sci-fi things now, like the singularity and the great filter and all this. Um, yeah. But there's so many fans who have their own things that they might want to put stuff in, and that's that's cool. Um, I just want to be able to, you know put out the specs for how, how to do it. And then you'd be able to drop in your own ships or whatever. So, but that's, that's definitely, you know, I have to ship the, the core game first, right? <laughs> um, yeah. That's long-term, but the yeah. fact is that the fact you're thinking about it already um, and, yeah. and it means you can sort of build that into the way you're building it already. You know, so it's, it's ready yeah. to do that. If you, if you want to do that, you might decide you don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, well, part of it is I need the, that tools to be able to make it go fast. Right. If if I have to go through this really complex, laborious process just to write the stories, right? Um, yeah. I'm never it's I'm never going to finish it. Um, no, of course. So, yeah. So then, from the visuals, just to kind of put a little bow mm -hmm. on on that part. Um, so I'm using uh, there's a lot of assets that you can get. Um, like asteroids, right? Like nobody needs to make their own asteroid, right? <laughs> so, so, oh man, I, what I've been spending. I months. know, I know exactly. Well, you could. Um, like that's crazy because you know there's a lot of these 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 assets that you get, and so in a lot of ways, what I kind of felt like I was doing was I'm I'm more like a director where I'm saying, okay, well, I'm going to put the, these these pieces together. And then I'm literally having to do things like figure out the lighting and the particle effects and how it's all going to look and hmm. feel integrated. Um, probably the single biggest thing was, and, and you can't necessarily tell this from the trailers, but this game is actually a 2d game. So, really? yeah. So the, the controls are dead what? simple. So when you, when you, when you pick up the game and you start playing it, the whole idea was that the camera makes it feel like a 3d game. So there's this whole thing about, um, oh, and you, said, okay. you know, the, in, in science fiction shows where you first see this was first in um, Serenity and then in Battlestar Galactica, where they move a little way from the Star Trek model, which is you've got really clear camera movements that are very simple and elegant. 
And those camera movements are done in, in Star Trek, especially on like some of the earlier versions, because they actually have the ships and the cameras on like dolly tracks that are literally moving around, creating these <laughs> clear panning shots, right? Okay, yeah. So when Serenity and Battlestar Galactica, they, they decided to make the camera feel like a real thing which is ironic because it was partly because they were switching to computer graphics for all that stuff. Okay. Right. So um, <laughs> when you play the game, the camera is actually has weight and heft to it. So as you're whipping your ship around, the camera's kind of moving around to catch up and the camera moves in 3d space. Right. Okay. Right. But because the game is 2d controls. So think about like, remember how I talked about that escape velocity game? Yes. where it was just like 2D graphics, like like asteroids, right? So first imagine that you're looking top down on just a flat plane, right? Yep. And so then what you do is you take the camera and then instead of having it just be on the flat plane, you move it behind the ship, like it's a chase camera. Mm -hmm. So it's still a 2D game, but you've got this cool chase camera. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see. Then you add in that the ship's banking and rolling and yawing and stuff, right? Um, and so now the camera is moving around in this dynamic fashion. So it feels a lot more like a 3D game. But here's the thing. When we took this game to PAX East, um, we were handing the controls to just anybody who walks by and wants to play it. So the youngest person that's played the game was a five-year-old. Right. And so we were, we were able to literally hand them, that kid, a, an Xbox controller. And he was happily running around, blowing up asteroids and shooting down barbarian raiders in just wow. a few minutes because I, because with space games i've always wanted to love a space game but i've never really loved one because i i always struggle again with the controls is always an issue like they start you start trying to you end up having all these controls just to move your ship i mean like like yep. i said if, you, if you're talking about elite and games like that yep you need a manual to land it and do anything it's a nightmare. Yep. And I end up, if I put it down, I come back, I'm like, oh man, how did I do this again? What are the controls? I've got all these L1, R, R1, you know, mm -hmm. D-pad to, to change this. I'm like, I can't deal with it. And I just want to fly around and shoot stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's why I keep coming back and playing oh. these much more simple games, right? I'll get yeah. these AAA games and um like there'll be you know action rhythmish sort of controls for the combat where and then i'm supposed to learn five five button combos and things yeah. and you know I, as a guy with a kid it's like okay well i just want to sit down and play a game and if i yeah. walk away from one of those triple a's i can't even remember how to play it absolutely and it might be a month later i might not get the time again until a month yep. and i yep. do not want to learn controls every time i pick up a game and that's yep. always my problem, with, especially space games. I don't know why space games, they seem to have to make it look like Starship Enterprise just to move it. I'm like, I don't Yeah. Know. Well, there's a, oh. yeah, there, there's a reason for that, right? So basically, spaceship games, like one of the most iconic ones that got everybody played was Wing Commander, right? Way the hell back. I, I played that in the college dorm, the original Wing Commander. Oh, wow. And um, it was a cool game. You know, you hop into a space, it was like, you know, you hop into a space um, space fighter and then you get to fly around and blow stuff up and there's a mission and there's a whole sequence of missions and you get a storyline. And if, if you're a good pilot, then you get to see a happy story ending. And if you're a terrible fi pilot, oh, really? it's like 
the apocalypse for your <laughs> civilization. It, it can go very BSG. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And so, so that game, what it led to was a lot of people getting really into the sort of sim side of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, the sim side meant that people say things like, okay, well, I want to build my own ship from scratch. And so I want to be able to click a billion little components together to build it and have stats. And like some of the feature set on the new version, new games, it's things like, okay, well, if you get hit by a bullet, uh, what, what systems on the starship does the bullet go through? Or if you build your own ship, you get to decide what the physics are like, right? Yeah. And on this one, it was like, no, this is going to be a lot more arcadey. You know, you pick it up, you you instantly are flying the ship around. You don't have a lot of controls, and that also means that because I'm I'm doing a few smart little things, like, um, so the ships all have shields, and the ships look cool, right? Like you can, you know, when they fight each other, they little impacts hit the shields and you can even see the effects. But part of what I'm doing there is that means that the colliders for the ships are just spheres, right? Oh, because they don't have to be that accurate. Today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so I'm not, I'm not like tracking, Oh, this bullet came through. So that means that I can have a battle, a space battle with 60 ships, right? Mm -hmm. And they're all flying around and it works on relatively low end high hardware. Right. Um, and it's fun. Yeah. And it's fun. Yeah, exactly. And it's a third person camera. So like if you fire off, you know, cool looking missiles, you can see them, you know, flying yeah. around. And you want to um, see your shield being hit as well, don't you? Exactly. So instead I mean, of it. Yeah. I was gonna say it's the same as like if you want it again, of course, sim stuff is good. If you want sim stuff, that's cool. There's plenty of options out there. It's like totally. playing if, if you're playing Gran Turismo. Mm -hmm. That's great. If you really and, you know, and, you, and you put the. Uh, the transmission into manual mode so you're having to change gear when the revs get to the right point and you've got the damage on there you, you know you're trying to keep on the track it's a proper driving game you get the steering wheel out you get the pedals out to try and get it perfect but i just want to play mario kart uh -huh. i just want to press forward and go and just shoot things and yeah if i leave it yeah. for a month i'm not going to forget how to play mario kart Yep. I'm, I'm, but Gran Turismo, like I say, if you're in the mood for that, it's fine. But you, it's very difficult to just have a have a quick, serious game of Gran Turismo. And right, and again, well, that's the, fine if that's what you're after. Yeah, and and that's where like as a as a develop, like I kind of think of this as like a pop song game because it's not a really you know complicated deep um, simulation game. It's a pick up and play, and it's fun game. Um, I'm hoping that the a lot of the depth that might come later might might come from things like the modding community right so the definitely, stories definitely the stories never end um but like you know one of my favorite games of course is skyrim and what's interesting is if you actually break skyrim apart the controls are actually pretty simple which is why when i'm 10 it's 10 30 at night and my kid has just finally gone to bed and i haven't i have 30 40 minutes before i can crash i can still pick it up and fire it up right yeah yeah absolutely yeah so so wow. that's basically the, the the pitch was the idea was it just started as asteroid the role-playing game made the made the guts in the way that made sense to me as a server dev and then all the visuals and everything um you know just a lot of honestly it's a lot of my love of of film and cinematography um that then i pulled into the game 
to make the make the visuals look look as good as they do. So amazing! Wow, that was a that was a mega mega intro. We had we covered loads there. Awesome. Um, okay, well, we're, so we've done that. So let's move on I, to when you started developing the game. Yeah, well, I think we kind of covered that. I think we, I started. Yeah. So so the way I would say is the joke would be is I started it when I was ten many, many years ago. But okay. in terms of actual <laughs> development, like writing code, prototype in January of 2019, uh, threw that prototype away, rebuilt, did the design work from about April through August, or uh, July, April mm -hmm. through July. And then August 1 is literally when the first commit happened. Yeah, that's amazing. I know we covered that, but... I almost have to hear that again because that is some speedy, speedy development. Holy hell. Oh. I mean, it's wow. just me. Just me. So aside from me, like, arguing with the cat, you know, it's like I don't <laughs> just got to sit and crank, right? So. Well, it's paying off, isn't it? Because look how far you are. Oh, my. Well, thank you. Um, so we've done. So you've told us everything. You've told us that. You, uh, you've said you're using Unity to develop it mainly. Yep. yep. Um, now. I know we spoke a little bit before, but what got you into game development specifically? Was it just your love of yeah, love of so games, the, or or is it the love of technology, or which way was it? A couple of it. So, like, I mean, obviously, like, you know, if a kid starts programming at ten back in the day with cassette tape recorders and all that fun stuff, like, obviously, there's a love of coding and and abstract reasoning and all of that fun stuff. Um. I spent a lot of time in Silicon Valley and doing tools work mostly, like IDEs and compilers and Java runtime stuff. Did a lot of consulting work. There was a point in the consulting work, um, this was about five, six years ago, when I realized I literally was making insurance software. Um, and it was like, oh, I've come so far away from what, my, what that young young man who wanted to make games was doing. Yes. So yeah, so three about three years ago, I was lucky enough to be able to um, to sell my company and be able to pivot to doing something else, and so that's what started. And and I actually did go through a lot of thought as an entrepreneur: what would I want to build? And because I had done services work, I'd done consulting at scale. We'd gotten the company up to about eighty-five people. And I really wanted to do product. And then once you say, okay, well, you want to do product, it's like, well, what do you want to do? And most of the things that are I would characterize as being productivity or enterprise tools, the vast bulk of those are funded by VCs or you know, big angel investment groups that mm -hmm. get together. There's a couple of those. Um, but the thing that that attracted me to doing video game development was that it was I could still make a product and sell something that people would want to, you know, hopefully give money and for and pay for and enjoy, but it wasn't competitive the same way. Like when you think about movies, it's not like somebody says, "Well, I have made the one guerrilla comedy film, and nobody needs to make comedy movies anymore." Right? No, of course. And so the same thing is right, and the same thing is true with video games. Like, you know. Um, we were just talking about Elite Dangerous, right? So that's yeah. a spaceship game. You fly around in spaceships and blow stuff up, and it's cool. You talk about Mass Effect. You know that one's actually mm -hmm. not spaceships, but it's still sci-fi. Yes. Just because you like those doesn't mean that you may not play my game. 
you know, and oh, if I can, if I can figure out a little bit of a unique spin on it, um, more the better, you know? Um, so yeah, so games are something and it's kind of wild. Like, so we just went to PAX, which was the first time we showed the game. Uh, we got a little 10 by 10 booth. We handed out 3,400 URL cards and we've already had a couple hundred wish lists on steam in just about a week and a half i think amazing great yeah which is really cool like that's you know great. We, yeah yeah because that's I mean, that's proving the concept isn't it yeah i mean like people it, so at the show the kind of the hook was because people are walking by and they're like whatever place guy never heard of it and what we would do is we would hand them a card um Okay, so this is either embarrassing or awesome. I'll let <laughs> let people decide. So we'll the two people, that, yeah, yeah. So the two people that came to help me out the show were my mom and one of my good friends. And so my mom was handing people URL cards. So they would walk by, and it was awesome because everybody's really nice because it's like, hey, here's this nice woman who looks like your mom yeah. handing a card, right? So they would look at the card, and it was funny because people literally the card would ju just said, you know, S Starship Captains wanted. Um, and then you'd flip the card over and it would say, you know, single player spaceship action role-playing game. And what was really funny was people would walk by the booth. My mom would hand them the card. They would walk about 10 or 15 feet away as they're reading the card. And then they would turn around and come back to the booth <laughs> because they'd be like, oh, cool. Oh, and so they, the, the, that pitch would get them back to the booth. Um, so it was really fun, and then they'd sit, they'd play, they'd play the game. We could literally just hand them the controls and be like, "Here, have fun." And of course, like I mean, okay, like you know, getting getting real real truthy about it. this is the first time I'd ever showed this thing in public, right? Like, so it's terrifying. And here I am, I'm handing these con this controller to people who've never who've no idea what what it is. Oh, I'm sorry, the doorbell was just gone. Um, yeah, sorry sure. I'll be back in one minute. Hello. I'm back. Hello. Well, it's anyway, so sorry, apologies for interrupting your flow there. No, don't no worry. Not, not lost the track of what you were talking about. Yeah, so I was just, just about to sh uh, um, I was just about to share uh, the heart-rending story of a developer <laughs> showing, showing his game in public for the first time, and I'm terrified that it'll set my laptop on fire as soon as I hand the controller to somebody. <laughs> so... Um, no, the good news was um, because I'd, I've done a lot of these live demo things. So I actually had the build ready about a week and a half before the show. It was like, you know, nobody's going to care mm -hmm. about that extra little dorky thing I might add between now and then. So I tried to get the um, get it as, as solid as I could. So the game the game ran the whole week, whole weekend, didn't crash once. It was great. Perfect. Um, yeah, and so we we were handing the game to people, and they're they're the thing that is core is making sure that that main game loop is fun, right? Like, is it fun to fly around and blow stuff up and collect loot? And um, we got it. I think we got it down. Certainly for the show, people would play it. Um, they they you know didn't want to give the controller up. This is a good sign. Yes. Um, you know, we had it at, at the longest on saturday i think we had a queue of eight people stacked up when wow. we play the game so that well, was really the, cool the thing you've got to be not be careful of is it's it can look as good or bad as you like but if it plays terribly no one's going to care what it looks like because instantly yeah. they're like well this is rubbish i can't control it it doesn't yeah. do what i want 
you know it's yeah. boring or or it's really boring what's the point well there isn't really a point but it looks nice doesn't it who wants that right well and that's the part about I, i'm starting to understand why a lot of developers like to build roguelikes um when you make a roguelike mm. and everything is random in it then it's frankly i think in some ways more fun to play as the developer um yeah so you know like right now i'm like okay is it fun to just fly around and blow stuff up like it cracks me up because um even just mining asteroids which is literally you're just shooting at things that don't get to shoot back um <laughs> that part's fun and i mean i'll sit there and i'll be like oh i'm blowing up asteroids and it some of it's the sound mix you know because I, I you've got this it's really cracks me up when you play a game it's like oh all these things just sort of happen and then when you sit down to make it and it's like oh okay i'm gonna blow up an asteroid and it's gonna drop some loot and then i'm gonna fly over and i'm gonna pick it up and it's like oh well there's actually like you know seven different particle effects that are getting fired off to in that process and there's seven different sound effects that are getting kicked off to make that work right yeah so there's all these like dumb little detail things that you don't when you play a game it's like it's all just there and it all works and so uh you know like we added in um so there's kind of these like core uh actions or or things that happen in the missions that are things that the player can do right so like you go up and you talk to somebody and there's this science fiction story about exploring alien civilizations and the singularity and what does it mean for a civilization to go through that process which is all cool but then at the end of the day it's like as to the player it's like you need to go do something and so you know what are the things and one of those obviously is go blow stuff up like go blow up bad guys or whatever yeah, absolutely and then the other one that um we had was uh scans right like you want to be a scientist you want to be a, a a spy or a scout um a lot of those involve going to a place and then scanning something so how do you make that fun right and so what what uh, i came up with was this idea of well you have to go to a point in space and then you have to fly around it for a while so you can't just hang there you have to kind of fly around and there's sound effects and there's visuals that make it kind of more fun so it's just you know it 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 feels very intuitive it's like here's a little marker with the hud marker go fly there and then fly around it a couple times okay um but even something as dumb and simple as that it's like okay well now i've got the hud marker i've got the scanning ray that shoots out of your ship to scan the little holographic ball that marks where it is um having the ui that comes up to tell you how how well your scan is progressing and how how much longer you have to wait sound effects that play for things like the scan going off so it just it's just cracks me up all the little <laughs> dumb little details that you have to do yeah well exactly well as we were talking about before on, on a more basic level it's just like me creating this podcast i just mm -hmm. thought i'd just press record chat to people but mm -hmm. people have no idea <laughs> and then it winds up looking like 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 the nasa hud with like 15 <laughs> monitors and buttons everywhere absolutely and... i've got a camera here i've got a microphone i've got lighting here that's got perfect yep. screen here screen here this screen loaded and all i'm doing is recording someone's voice it's ridiculous yeah um, yep. but okay so what so the storyline about the game mm -hmm. okay what is the what is the overall storyline and what is the, the idea the the object of the game yeah so so um 
so it's funny because like when you sit down to make a game, it's like I know that a lot of people don't. To be honest, like a lot of people don't care. They just want to fly around and blow stuff up, right? But then at the other end, there are people who get really into the story, and you know you want to have something that is consistent and reflects, you know, honest world building, right? Um, so what I did was um, I started with writing up basically a story bible, and the idea was that you have, or it's the future. It's a couple hundred years into the future, and humanity has discovered FTL and they're kind of on the cusp of figuring things out. I really wanted the core of the story to be rooted in a relatively optimistic view of humanity, right? Like yeah, so it's kind of kind of like a Star Trek discovery. Exactly. Yeah, Just well, into space. or even more like Star Trek Next Gen. Like I like Discovery. Uh-huh. Um, discovery has things in it like control and and section 31 um which is i think originally was in deep space nine stuff so it was it was enterprise wasn't it the one that was a prequel to next generation yeah well so i know this is irrelevant (laughs) but i was just trying to that's the star trek podcast it's awesome uh (laughs) yeah yeah. technically, (laughs) technically enterprise was set first and then discovery is set just a little bit before the original series and then the original series on the next gen. So, anyways, yeah. so next gen next gen was for me like the, the real touchstone, right? Yes. So I, so if I was gonna say like what were some of the core inspirations? So it's Star Trek Next Gen, <laughs> Babylon 5, a lot of Battlestar Galactica and Serenity and stuff. But okay, just to come back to the story. So the idea was um so that you start with the humans and they're and they're the idea is that the the Republic the Terran Republic is right on the edge of this singularity where things could really change, right? Like you mm-hmm. could crack, people could live for hundreds of years, right? But they haven't quite got there yet, but they do have FTL. And then I had ideas for several other alien civilizations. And kind of the idea is that the alien civilizations represent really, really terrible answers to the question what happens after the singularity? So instead of the Terran Republic being a dystopia, these other civilizations represent everything's just going terribly, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the there's the the I call them the Barbaroi, and they're sort of the barbarian civilization, and they're just about personal power. I've got a alien uh, artificial intelligence, and they basically killed off all of their organics because they thought you know ai was the future mm-hmm. got another another alien species that has kind of become mired in philosophical debates and then what they do is they they essentially create their own worlds to experiment with their philosophical ideas on <laughs> this, <laughs> so, this really is like the worst traits of humankind isn't it it's- right well, that's what science fiction should be about, right? Yeah, like, yeah absolutely. What you happens know, you, if, you, if you stop doing this? This is what's going to happen. <laughs> right. And so then the trick is to... So I said, okay, these are all these these cool ideas about... Um, okay, so, um, so you have these, these civilizations. And um, then what I wanted is, is to have characters to let the player experience the stories, and but to translate it into really human stories right like you can write things like you know a battle with the hundred starships and the sky's on fire and it's really cool but if you don't care about the characters in the story characters in the stories it's kind of like who cares 
you got to relate to it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I found this tool um, at GDC about a year ago that let me create 3D animated characters. So ah. that was like, that was the thing that really made it click was now I said, okay, cool. I can create 3D characters and it's still, you know, stupidly complicated. But at the end of the day, I'm able to go in and build these 3D characters and animate them and then export them out and bring them into Unity and, and have them be human faces and characters. So now you can fly up in the spaceship and it looks cool and it's 2D and but 3D looking, whatever. But then when you fly up to a space station and you hit the hail button, now you get a 3D animated character talking to you. Like, oh, oh. Now, I'm, now I'm really, now I've oh. got something. Right? Now you're looking at another human, aren't you, to talk to? It feels exactly. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what I came up with was the these five core characters. And so each character represents the a different reason why someone might play a game like this. So I've got combat. So I've got a, a lieutenant in the military, the, the Terran Navy, and he's the combat guy. I've got a diplomat. I've got a scout who's all about exploration. I have a mad scientist guy. Um, and then I also have... <laughs> And then I also have a somebody who's about civilian rescue, and um, her story is is probably the most like I call it civilian rescue, but it's actually in, in my notes and stuff I refer to it as the family story. Okay. So her story is one that I'm using as an example because I think it, it kind of shows how I'm trying to tell stories through this kind of it's like you know fly around in spaceships and blow stuff up, but still tell stories. And so for yeah. her. When you call, when you fly up to her and, and you first hail her, she says, um, "Hey, my father has gone missing. I need you to help me find him." And so, of course, you say, "Sure." And so, then you go trace him down. You do a combination of scans, scans and combat missions, and then you find out that his ship was destroyed in barbarian space. So you go follow that up. Well, it turns out that he had gone to the barbarian space because he was trying to make contact with the AI civilization. And so mm -hmm. his, his idea was that he thought that he could work with the AIs to be able to upload his consciousness. And he's made contact and he's figured out how to do it. But he has to stay you know, with the AIs to do that. So what he says to you is, I want you to go get my daughter and get her to come join me so she can upload her consciousness and live with me as, a, as an AI. And she says, no, I want you to go get my dad and bring him back because I don't want to lose him. <laughs> God damn it. Right. And so, so the, the, for me, like if, I'm, if I'm writing a game story well, and this is, of course, like everybody can have their own philosophy, but the way I look at it is I want you to be like, when you come to those kind of decision points where you're like, Okay, I'm going to put the controller down, and I'm going to go for a walk and think about this for a minute. <laughs> um, I'm already uh, annoyed with the with the decision. I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. Right. And there's no good answer. There's no bad answer. Maybe there's a couple of other options, right? Oh, that's great. That's great. That's fantastic. Right. And so part of the point is, is like, so there was a piece of data that came out recently that I really, really was glad to see. So they said that, that it was somebody who'd worked on Mass Effect. And they said something like, I think it was either 92 or 94% of the players chose Paragon. Okay. So basically Mass Effect gave you the option to be Paragon, which was like classic sort of Kirk Picard mm -hmm. hero guy. Mm -hmm. Or you could be Renegade and be kind of just a jerk, right? Yeah. Oh. 
So to me as a developer, I look at that and I go like, oh my gosh, you spent half your development story time building out these renegade stories for no reason no, nobody's <laughs> playing them oh my gosh that's terrible um and the trick is like i don't i didn't want to do something where it was like okay you fire up the game and you're like okay i'm gonna be a good guy cool so i just pick the good guy option every single time right yeah um so i kind of assume that somebody when they're playing the game is basically wanting to be a decent person <laughs> right uh, <laughs> that they're not there to just like kill everybody and set things on fire or whatever right mm -hmm. um and so but the trick is is i want the choices in the game when they come up that are impactful to be the ones where you're genuinely going like oh my gosh you know this is actually a real choice and it doesn't just boil down into a simple yes or no answer yeah but it's yeah. all so so i get to riff off the singularity get to use that for the ideas Put them in a science fiction story, but make it make it something human. And so, if I can pull that off, then I'm like, oh, now I've got a cool, cool thing. Wow, there's loads. And trying to get the story again, trying to get storyline. If you you got to remember that this is well, this will link into the, one of the other questions. Is it, has anybody helped you with this? So actually, it's funny. So the 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 main help that I've got right now is I'm actually working with uh, a company uh on the social media management and okay. some of the the advertising stuff um yeah so like social media they say things like you know best practices are like you should post a new little screenshot from your game like every week right yep. and it's like oh and you should put it in like 25 different reddit threads you need to go track down like 15 or 50 different discord server places to post it That's right. oh and twitter and facebook and instagram and and whatever else and so um like when you math out the time involved in doing that it's like hours and hours and hours it's no full-time job yeah and it's not um like in, to be perfectly honest, it's not very intellectually challenging to be saying, okay, I'm going to shoot this little 30-second video to turn it into a GIF and a video, and then I'm going to post it on 50 different sites. Oh, and by the way, none of the platforms want it to be an automated process. So you can't no. find it. You can't get a tool that will just let you do it. They want, so they want the native uploads, of course. Right. So I literally have this uh, company and it's um, Capitalite is their name as a little shout out to Deanna and everybody. Um, and we'll so they're we'll helping. The show notes as well. Yeah. So I, I helped that, um, you know, I, I posted and found them and then they've been helping me for uh, about, I think about a month or so now, a month or two. And it's been great. Um, cause I can just put, they've got access to the steam build, the development steam build. So they put it out. I can send them some notes and say, here's what's cool and new in the build. And then they can take care of that stuff. And if there's something to chime in on or whatever, I can do that. So, um, yeah, that's the, been the main thing. And, um, a lot of the rest of it, like the dev dev stuff, um, that's all just been me. So my friend, I've <laughs> well, got, I've... <laughs> what, what I was getting to is the fact that writing a story a is a job in itself for anybody. People have writers sure. to do this. Um, uh, building the game again, another separate job. I mean, a lot of yeah, it's it blows my mind. I say this every week. It blows my mind that one person can you know. I I struggle to play the game sometimes, let alone <laughs> create any of it. I mean, it drives me. I can't yeah. believe it. I mean, I feel so stupid when I talk to to everybody else. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, I'm sort of like it's like this whole life of of rando stuff that I'm into that it all kind of coalesces, right? It's like, yeah. you know, we were talking a bit ago about like audio, right? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, so you get a mic and you dark around and you get a like a you know a digital editor and you start playing around the sounds and stuff. It's like there's always this little part of the back of my head that's like, what the hell am I ever going to do that for, right? Or like. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got these books. Um, there's these really good books. They're um, like film filmmaker guidebooks, and there's ones with like director shots. And it's just because I like movies. Because who the hell doesn't like movies? And I'm like, yep. How do they? How do they make them? So then I get one of these books, and it's like this fat book on, you know, being how shots are composed in in film, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know. My wife's like, are, are you, what are you going to, are you going to go be a film director someday? And I'm like, no, it's just cool. Right? <laughs> just and, and I'm into it. And then, you know, now I'm working on this title and there's stuff in there um, that pops out. And so like, there's this whole thing about steam versus STEM, right? Um, science, technology, education, or engineering and math. So st- STEM is this whole thing about how they teach kids in school, right? Um, mm-hmm. And learning. And there's Steam, which is the pivot on that, which is adds arts into it, right? Ah, okay. So, like, yeah, if I was just a developer building stuff and I didn't have any art side, then yeah, this would be pretty crazy. I will note on the writing side, so it's really funny. So um, I've written four books on software development. Oh, really? Yeah, I wrote um, two for O'Reilly and two for Pearson. And... They're on web services and object relational mapping and other stuff. Wow. But, well, we'll uh, link those as well, I guess. They're, well, they're they're really out of date, <laughs> so nobody <laughs> nobody should nobody should, unless you're a collector, like whatever. I'll link them, but don't buy them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so here's the thing. Um, the way that I wrote those books was I would just sit in a coffee shop, and I would. It took me. It, I worked it out. It took me about two three months to write a book of just sitting in a coffee shop. So on this game, when it was like, there was a guy, Jeff Vogel, and he does um, really text-heavy RPGs. And he's a solo developer. He lives in Fremont, Spiderweb Software. Uh, cool guy, cool company. And, and it's him. It's him making making these single-player giant RPGs. And he said that he writes 100... I think he said in one of his interviews, he said that he was writing 100,000 words a game. Oh. And so, yeah, it's, it's a hell of a lot of text. <laughs> and he basically does one of those a year. Right. Oh my God. So he's a novelist, right? Like he's he's sort of a game developer, but he's actually write a hundred thousand words. Right. But if you're the sort of person that can like, you know, brew a cup of tea and just sit down and crank, like cool, whatever. So I literally was like, okay, well, I'm not going to write a hundred thousand words. Maybe I'll write 30 or 40,000. Right. Yep. Well, here's the kick is that what I'm discovering is that because it's a, you know, you play it through a controller, and um it's kind of more quick and fun what i'm really writing are much much more right so like a two-hour movie script the 120 minute uh, script for a film is 120 pages single space 12 point courier like very little text yeah so you might only have like 10 20 000 words in a two-hour movie um wow so yeah but the trick is is what are the words to pick, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> so um, in a lot of ways, 
it's not volume. Like I actually suspect that I may come in with more text than even a lot of people would even still want to read. And it'll probably be only like 10 or 15,000 words at most. Um, and then that's the question I always get is, are, am I going to get voice acting? Oh, oh, oh why not? <laughs> right. And what? it's like, so I, <laughs> I start reaching out to people for audio and voice mm-hmm. talent stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, if I've got, you know, 10, 20,000 words, how much does it cost? <laughs> oh, that's actually, I, holy crap. I might be able to actually do that. Um, oh no, that, <laughs> that would ruin the, like, I'm doing it all stuff because I am hiring somebody to help me do the voice acting, but it's like, oh yeah, if it's only, if it's only going to take a couple of days of voice acting to do the whole thing, then part of me is like, well, maybe, I don't know, you know? Oh, started. Well, but as again, as I've said every week so far to the, every developer, stop touching it. (laughs) Exactly. Right. (laughs) It's like, you know, part of me is like, oh, I'm taking the time to talk to somebody right now. I should just be about cranking <laughs> on it, right? Like, you just, you got to do. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, you've got to get, I mean, like I said, that's what you can add. And the way you've built it, as you said, really modular. Absolutely. You could add voice, voices uh-huh. into it one day. Why not? If Maybe if it gets to a successful enough point or you get enough people asking for it, you could yeah. just add, add it in. No problem. Well, the funny part is, is that the technical part of it's actually not that complicated, right? Like what I do is I would take these CSV files, right? Mm-hmm. And I literally would send them over with any other stage notes, like, you know, characters notes or whatever to the audio people. And then they literally would hire the actors to come in. A lot of the actors will do several voices at once. Um, and they'll just send me back the audio files with the spreadsheet. Oh, so they're just linked to the spreadsheet you've already got. Yeah, it's like, you know, here's oh, the dial line, the dialogue, right? I mean, it's not that complicated. Mm. Like from a, it's a, it's a, you know, <laughs> think, I mean, there, it might be, um, it might be 500 to 1500 audio files, right? And each one's just named and numbered, right? Yeah. So it's like, and just yeah. pull in the yeah. I mean, Maybe. well, you could either, you could do like a one year anniversary, or when you hit when you hit hundred thousand sales or something, you're going to put the voice acting in, right? So this is why I'm like, if you wish list it on Steam, so I know people are going to want to buy it, then that makes me feel a lot better about spending that money. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you heard so. everybody, <laughs> you know, yeah, come on. get on it. Yeah, uh, but the thing is, it it's weird, isn't it? Because it's not really going to change the game whatsoever if you put voices in or not. People are not I don't know. Not, I don't think people are going to not buy it if they go, oh, not happy. it hasn't got voice acting. Not happy about that. Really? Well, what, what, really? What's weird is, well, I don't know, because the thing is like, um, so when I watch people play, right, like some people study every line of dialogue. One of the biggest branches that I have when I'm writing the dialogue right now is do you care? Right. It's like if you fly up to the combat guy and he's like, Oh, I need you to go hunt down these raiders, you can ask him a bunch more questions to get details, mm-hmm. or you can just basically be like, Cool, let me go kill people. Yeah, right. That that may well um, be me. Yeah, and that's fine. The 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 kick is is that you get into these really murky subjective things like production values, right? Mm-hmm. So if you 
show up at the show floor like and people play it for a little bit and they hear a voice talking like bioshock you know they sort of infamously or famously depending on how you look at it they had those audio recorders right so you're playing the shooter and you're running around and then you'd pick up an audio recorder and you didn't even have to stop shooting people but you'd hear them telling a little story absolutely yeah and so you know that's a good uh if in order to convey a story that's a great um mechanism and system for doing that so it is yeah i mean again audio does make a huge difference right anything anything you're doing like like we were talking about earlier about the podcast recording the the difference between someone recording a skype call or someone just using the actual microphone like this it's a huge difference but yeah i say but would people not listen if we did this on skype Maybe, maybe i i have bagged out on podcasts because the audio was too bad yeah oh absolutely yeah. if it's bad but this yeah. is what i mean so you've got to get the the voice acting spot on because if it sounds like if it sounds well, like it's kids that's TV why i would go <laughs> that's why i'd go hire somebody right um yeah. like my my dream version and this is like is that of course i've got like my little like you know cast wish list right which might even be a <laughs> bunch of the actors from some of those sci-fi shows i was talking Ooh. about. <laughs> Right. Well, I, I normally add my own voices, my my own yeah. accent. Yeah. That adds some well, you know, like, imagine if I had like a character from Firefly and, or I mean, an actor from who worked on Firefly, an actor who worked on one of the Star Treks, and a Babylon Five actor. You know, I just listened to Peter Jurassic's or Peter Jurassic's. I'm not, I'm not sure I, if I'm getting his know. name right. <laughs> He's the guy who was Londo on Babylon, and he okay. narrated. Um, Straczynski's new book that he just came out, the audiobook. And getting to hear this, you know, guy that I really like giving to give that performance, it was just a really wonderful thing. So we'll see. Okay. You've you all right, I I take it back. Well we'll see, right? No, no, convince me now. No, no. If if it's like me and me and my five friends play this game, then it's all for naught anyway. But no, no, you've that's it now. Yeah, there, now there you go. Come on. Breaking news. We're going to try to get all these people. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we need voice acting. Come on. But, yep. yeah. Um, right. So what else? What else? What else you got here? Whoa! What else do you want to cover? We've got lots of stuff. We, yeah, this is a this is great. So in depth. This is fantastic. Uh, so yeah, um, audio. That, that, I know we've done audio with that, but any music? Because again, I haven't even heard any musical sound effects. Where have you? Where have you dug those up from? Have you created your so own? The, yeah, so music. Um, this one is is I'm lucky because it, there's a lot of artists who have recorded really nice tracks that, frankly, work really nicely in a um, in a uh, spaceship game format. And so um, I'm using a, a package called FMOD, which is the sound system underlying the game, which lets me fade the music in and out, including um, like things like when you get into combat, you know, switching over to a percussive kind of mu- combat music. Um, so yeah, I've got, I, 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 you know, I wish I could get things like, you know, get like Anvil from Lauren and Awake from Tycho and like that as tracks, but those are all like real expensive commercial artist stuff, but I'm getting, (laughs) I'm getting really good music. Um, and I'm getting a lot of tracks of it and there's just a lot of, you know, like when you're flying around in space, it's ambient exploration stuff. Um, combat yeah. more more percussive but beat stuff so that i mean we could do a whole podcast just on audio stuff and <laughs> well we can cover that more 
once I've played yeah. the game, I can I can actually t- talk to you more about that maybe. Exactly. Um, okay, so uh, is there anything? This is always an interesting one. Is there anything in the game that took you way too long <laughs> to do? When oh, it shouldn't have. <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's not a haircut, is it? No, there's not. I mean, like I'm I'm trying. I, I want to ship the thing, right? And so that means like being really, really um, brutal. I, I, I originally had, um, so there's about 30 star systems in the game right now. And when I originally built the map, I had like 85. And it was because, oh. you know, some of these other games had stars like that. And what I decided to do was make denser, more interesting levels. Um, yeah. Than a whole bunch of boring empty ones. Yeah, there's no so, point in having to travel to a different star system to do the two quests that are there. Yeah, and so that's that's um, you know that's one of those ones where I, I think I only wound up tossing a couple days worth of work net, but it was also one of those like, no, we're going to ship this. We're not going to just you know build this ridiculously giant thing. Uh, that jumps out. The other thing was. Um, uh, this is kind of techie boring stuff in a way, but Unity uses this pathfinding system um, called NavMesh, which is a really cool AI system. Um, but at some point, and I spend a bunch of time with the ships originally all flying around using that, and then I wound up switching to just using physics and my own AI. And it really wasn't that much more work to do the switch, but that's what made the game feel... Um, like they were ships in space that would hit things and bounce off things, or if you get hit by a missile, it can knock you knock you around and yeah. in the camera and stuff. So there's only two things that pop out, but they weren't that bad. Um, That's all right. You've done better than most people, so well done. <laughs> well, you know, it's like it's I the I always keep try to keep the game in a buildable, playable state at all time. Um, right. And a lot of games, I don't think they do that. And so because I'm always keeping it playable. That also means that if I'm going to go off into left field and build something, if it takes more than a couple days to do, and it's not a core system, I might say eh, maybe not. Skip it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, what um, do you have a planned release date, an official release date for the game? So everybody, of course, that's everybody asks at PAX, right? So the whole show, it's like I show up and people play the game, and they're like, "Can I buy it?" And I'm like, "No, yeah. wish listed on Steam." So here's here's what I can say right now is right. Um, that on so it's on pc and mac to wishlist on steam today um i already have one of the kits from one of the console manufacturers um they've already given me one of the kits and then i'm going to be reaching out to the other two because the game is a fairly straightforward game it's like they're spaceships it's not you know as weird or esoteric as some of the other concepts that I'm sure come across their desk, it's, it's yes. people seem to be pretty straightforward. So um, I'm the the plan right now is to do early access this summer on okay. Steam, and then ship it in the fall. And where that might get weird or off a little bit is like depending on what happens with the console folks, what they talk about. Um, right. The 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 reason why I'm saying not having early access until the summer is that um the i want the the quest lines to be written and done enough so that way that people their save files are rock solid right 
Okay, because if it changes too much, it's it's gonna. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, so it's it's actually really simple. The way that the system tracks where you are in a quest is just what line number you, are you on on the different spreadsheet. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's hey, really simple. You're killing the immersion here. I know, right? Uh, it's all, all just you know, munching <laughs> down lines, you know, existential <laughs> dread at three o'clock. Um, the 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 uh, um, I, that was a very deliberate choice for me as I wanted people's save files to be super simple to, to track. I wanted that that even someone like if you're writing quests to be really easy to understand you know what's going on in the save system right but yeah. what that means is is that if i if i've let's say that a quest line is 500 lines in the spreadsheet um just to pick an example uh i could actually have people jumping around in the little spreadsheet where they are on their quests so if i wrote a chunk and then saved it and wrote a chunk i could do that but i want to kind of keep it clean for the first early access release. Sure. So that means I need to have the basic storylines for everybody done. Yeah. So and it's not going to jump around too much. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, um, you know, basic pragmatism. And that's the part that also makes me go like, ah, I need to get back to writing. Uh, cause I want, <laughs> that's, that, <laughs> cause that's, that's the big bottleneck. Um, is just writing out, writing that story, the stories out, sure. especially those, sure. those main storylines like side quests. It's like, who cares? Like, you know, you get the, you get the, um, the functional equivalent of the farmer that has some has a rat problem and you need to go go kill the rats and that's the <laughs> whole mission rats, yeah. like that stuff is exactly that's easy um if it's uh you know this deep involved loving story between the daughter and her father and how is it going to turn out i don't want that to then somebody to invest five hours or three hours or whatever in the quest and then have it be like oh die so, yeah well yep. that's fair enough. okay awesome and is there or is there going to be a, a beta for anyone to play? Well, that's kind of the early access, right? Um, okay, as far so as the beta, the yeah, like, well, that's it's funny. So um, some of that will, again, come back to the interest level. Like, if if there's enough people who really like the concept and what have you, and, and we think it's interesting enough to do some kind of more of an open beta or something, um, I'm open to it right now. Um, I guess I'm just waiting to see what happens. Um, okay. All right. Well, like, the, the more, I, important, I, more important question: Can I play? Yeah. It? Can you play it? So I'm gonna send you a key so you can play it uh, through Steam. Um, and so you will be the first person not at PAX to get a key and be able to play and show this thing. Up. So. Oh, epic! And can I stream it? Sure. Yes. Uh, yes. So there'll be there there will be um. I, I don't I would I will be I would be surprised if you ran into crashes which I need to knock on wood. There's me knocking on wood right now. Well, I always um, say it's it's any game I play at the moment. It's early. It's this is not even released. Not even in early access. So you've yep. got to expect bugs and crashes. There may not be any. Yep. But it's not a problem. Uh, I well, always try to make that clear. So so the people who are testing it right now like like my friend George and some of those folks, mm -hmm. the biggest bug reports I've been getting are that the stories aren't done yet. So you'll, <laughs> you'll talk to a character and then all of a sudden they'll just be like, the See character it? will just say, to be continued. <laughs> and it's like, really? Military guy? And then he's like ending on this like dramatic hangup 
on me like <laughs> yeah um, BRB. so what? yeah and then uh he's also said because there's a there's you get a series of different missions and quests and so he's been asking for quality of life on things like the star map so when you play the game there's the main map main view which is you and your ship flying around and then there's a star map and so you spend okay. most of your time you know when you jump when you use the ftl then you get to go to the star map and then you come back and so um you know he's oh like eventually uh, there's gonna be i need to add in some stuff for um star maps sure and um your ftl animation by the way thank you thank you much Looks um so cool <laughs> <laughs> you know the other one that i will send to you is the um how to hit the debug menu so you can actually give yourself any ship and you can fly around as any ship in the game so there's, oh, about, 40, like so there's about 40 50 ships and um you can't get to a bunch of the ships regularly because i haven't written the quest yet <laughs> you <don't. laughs> you're too busy um, talking to me again yeah yeah but um Wait, what that means is is that you'll get a chance to play around and check out some of the other spaceships and stuff like not just Amazing. the third or one and so and all that sounds um, awesome yeah so it's, it's a little debug thing so and you're not worried okay. about getting achievements yet so no i achievements <laughs> i am not an achievement hunter i don't there you i go. couldn't care less same with character creation. I'm the worst. I'm, I'm a role player's nightmare. There I'm, you go. I'm Mr. Auto. Auto name, auto character look. Just give me something to shoot at. Yep. And uh, again, I have this argument every game I play. <laughs> As I mentioned in the last episode, that's why I end up with characters with names like Mr. Slapty Back and stuff. There you go. There's no, there's a little opening cinematic, and there's no character gen at all. You start out with the shuttle. Yep, it's a John the right jank, man. Janky little shuttle. Good luck. Don't, don't, don't crash into a black hole or anything. Oh well, I may well do. You'll, you'll be watching me going. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? So that's that good testing. Be. Then that's <laughs> yeah. free test. You're doing free testing for me. I, I, I will be. Complaint. I will be. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Okay, so what we, what day is it today? Is the ninth of March, the day before my birthday? Is what it is. Oh, so, happy birthday! Thank you, thank you. Um, Thirty-nine. Oh, there you go. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in that same neck of the woods myself, so I got yeah. nothing else. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Prime. Uh, yep. So, okay. So, let me have a little look because, like I said, the idea of this podcast originally was to do exactly as we're doing: talk to the developer, learn about the cool game, get excited, and then a few days after release of the podcast. People can listen to the podcast and then watch me stream it and then oh. see everything that we've been talking about. So awesome. Um, of course, like I said, I would like it to be great if you could join me in the, in the stream, but you don't have to. Of course, it's not. Let me, let me know when you want to do it. Um, so this week I'm working. So this is live planning on the podcast here. So sorry for people listening. Um, I am working early shift all week, so it can be any evening you'd like. How about that? I've got to edit the podcast, release it. So how about how about Friday? Friday evening? Friday the twentieth. And my your evening is my morning. So like Yes. It'll probably be like, between eight and ten I'll stream my time. So it's Okay, so it's like ten o'clock in the morning my time it's, roughly. Oh it's eight eight thirty seven now for me. It's one thirty seven. Okay, so, so it'll like, be around this time. So sort of one o'clock, one till three, you. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to mark off noon to three on Friday the 20th. 
perfect and then i'll get this podcast edited it doesn't normally mean need much editing to be fair so uh it just means i have to do stuff uh, but if i've got Great. a deadline that'd be good so i'll get this podcast out hopefully by tomorrow and then people have got yeah three four five days to uh listen to it and then join in to the live stream of the game That's fabulous and that'd be very cool i'll just sit and play it and you can cringe as i do stuff i shouldn't be doing Oh, it'll just be a long me making a long <laughs> list of stuff that I need to do. So it's all good. It's all good. I mean, it's been I, like I see every little like particle effect. Like every time you shoot a, a bullet at something, and then there's this little like explosion, and like some of them aren't sized quite right. And so I'm looking at while we're at PAX, and I'm like, oh, I need to fix that. And like no one cares. Like no one cares. cares. No one's noticed. Yeah, but that's um, part of it. I mean, yeah, you, it's your game, it's your creation. You know, you want it to be yeah. everything you want it to be, which is fair enough. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay, so where is the best place for people to find out about the game? Where should they go? If you go to just doublerobot.com, um, I actually have the domain blazeguy.com. So that's oh. fewer characters to type, type, but it just redirects you back to doublerobot.com. <laughs> uh, so, and where's Double Robot from? That's a cool name. Any idea? Is it just cool? Yeah. Uh, so it's it sounds cool. I like the idea of, of these um, these two robots bickering, um, and then I there's a sort <laughs> of a, a noirish aspect because like when you look at the two little the little characters, it's like who are they? What are their relation? What's their relationship? Are they are they, like... they co- are they coming <laughs> for you? Are they? You know? It reminds me of Bert and Ernie. Right. Well, because there's all the, and that's part of it. So there's all these famous um, du- du- double characters like that, and so yeah. it speaks to story writing and conflict. And yeah, yeah, I recognize door, door, it straight door. away. It feels familiar. So yeah, looks a little bit different. Sesame Street, but there you go. It's PBS. That's a US kids show. Yeah, I know. I get it. Get it all. It's the joy of YouTube now. I know. I know. Uh, I laugh. I laugh because my wife and I we watch you know, like Doctor Who and stuff. And so we, we get a bunch of BBC stuff. So <laughs> kind of fun. Cool. So doublerobot.com, hit there. Doublerobot.com, hit there. And that'll, that's got links to the Steam page and all yep. that good stuff. So everybody, show if you are interested in, like I said. Trailers, screenshots. Sure. Yeah, there's loads on there. I've been, I've been browsing through the website while we're chatting on the stream. So if you do yeah. want to see what I've been browsing, go to... This will be on YouTube in a, in a day or so. Um, yeah. uh, other than that, uh, is there anything you want help with? That's another question. I know you've done the game yourself, and how can honestly, help you? yeah, the number one thing is so you know, as a solo developer, I'm sitting here and I'm working in my room most of the time, my studio by myself, right? And it's like, does anyone care, right? <laughs> um, and so, uh, like, the single most important thing for a game like this for any indie game not just mine is if at this stage in the development is hit that wish list button on steam um and so that helps helps me know that someone is interested in the title it helps steam know that people are interested in games like this it Mm -hmm. um it's yeah so number one thing if you hit that button the other one is if you're interested in following the development you can hit uh, the Twitter account, that's where I'm most prolific posting stuff right now. And then there's also a, um, you can subscribe. 
via to an email address on Double Robot if you're not into the tweets. Um, and then you'll get an email. And it's just email from me. So no no big corporate <laughs> whatever. It's just me saying hi. So just you sitting there at your PC sending it. Exactly. <laughs> um, Another job for you to do. <laughs> right. The problem is not getting too much email. It's gonna be why hasn't he sent out an email? Because he's fixing a particle effect. Yeah, that you know it now. We've heard this yeah. now. Um exactly. and uh last question that I have is yeah, what happens after Blaze Sky? Do you have any future games, or what, where are you looking to head? <laughs> now I know, I know, I know. This is probably another podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, because because like it's a studio, right? It's like we're not just going to do the, the the idea wasn't to just make one game and call it good. Um, the the I have a file. I mean, I, every time there's like a cool oh cool game idea, and then you put stuff in the file, and it's like you go look at the file later, and there's a bunch of them where you're like. Did you hit your head on something? Like, yeah. are you? Do you have uh, whatever? Like, um, and then there's an idea. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then there'll be ones where you're like, oh, that that one won't go away. And then there's also the ones that are insane because you know, everybody who I know who's into games, the big problem is is that they'll come up with these ideas that are too big, right? Oh, um, absolutely. I hear this a yeah. lot. Yeah, and so so um, yeah, like a lot of it like one and this is where it's like you know prognosticating into the future can get tricksy because one future version is people really like blaze sky and they want not just the game but they also want a bunch of modding stuff or and or a dlc or something right which should be cool more story stuff yes and so if what i if that's kind of the path that winds up going down then that's cool if um the game comes out and people are like that was really cool like at a minimum i'm like people buy the game and they're like this is 15 to 20 hours of just fun relaxing fun relaxing and exhilarating and whatever story stuff and it's cool and that's a game and it's fine that's cool too so um it's just it just kind of depends on what um what the response is and what the lifetime winds up looking like. And sure. um, there are ideas like I'll tell you the one, tell you what, what, what keeps jumping out at me is I keep, I keep marveling at how much time I have spent enjoying the hell out of Slay the Spire. Um, and that's a turn-based. Yeah. It's a turn-based game. Yeah, it's a turn-based game. It's a weird game. It's almost impossible to explain. It's Magic the Gathering, the roguelike single-player experience. So you play the game, you get a deck, you get this janky deck of cards. So it's like a Dominion-style deck builder. You you add in cards as you play through the dungeon, and and it's a roguelike. So it's horrifically hard, and you die all the time, right? Yeah. Well, I die all the time in all the games. It doesn't matter if they're yeah. Right. But here's the kick, right? So, like, if you're sitting there and you've got, like we were saying before, you've got it's it's ten o'clock. Your kid has just crashed, and you have half an hour, an hour till you crash. Slay the spire is like perfect. Yeah, it looks fun. You, looks yeah, good. you fire it up, fire it up, run through it, whatever. So that that game is that one's on my brain right now. Okay, exclusive. Yeah, exclusive. It's cool game. Here. Well, you know what's crazy? That game was built. I'm in Seattle, Kirkland, technically, whatever. Which 
anyway um <laughs> uh so seattle university of washington slay the spire was built by a couple of kids from the udep is my understanding and they've sold at least a million copies of that game wow so and i think a lot more than that and so for a couple kids to knock off a game like that and have it do that well is very interesting to me it speaks to there's something that people want that they're not getting from triple a's so absolutely and the thing is the gaming market is only growing it's not like we've peaked yeah. You know, yeah. And there's new yeah. people coming through all the time, isn't there? You know, it's yeah. not like it's a a weird niche anymore. It was when I grew up. No. No. I mean, there were there were forty five thousand people at PAX East, right? Oh, yeah. So, serious yeah. stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Um, cool. So, uh, so you say you you you're a studio, mm-hmm. and you, you refer to yourself as we. So do yeah, you, well, you plan on on bringing people in? I mean, is that, are you yeah. planning on growing the studio, or do you yeah. want to be a solo developer forever and do everything yourself? So, um, like, if I had my ideal scenario, I'd love to get to about 10, 15 people. Um, I don't want to do the thing that a lot of studios do, which is they grow and then fire everybody on all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one scenario is that. Um, just by way of example. So let's take this game. So it's it's a spaceship game. You fly around, but it's also a story engine, right? You can write the CSVs. You can drop ships in. You can add in characters pretty easily using the tooling. Um, so once there's revenue and people are playing it, and then if I can hire a couple people to create stories, that'd be really uh-huh. cool. Really that'd build really the game cool. out, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Blaze Sky 1, 30 star systems, right? Blaze Sky 2 has 85 star systems and five times as many characters and whatever. But the cool part is is that uh, a lot of the core work on the engine stuff's already done. So now it really is creative people getting to write and build these stories in that game engine. That would be it's really cool. Just DLCs, isn't it? Yeah, DLCs or whatever. Maybe it's a, I don't know, subscriptions or people, yeah, people buy it or Blaze Sky 2 is just a much bigger title. And Yeah, I suppose it depends how much content you get and how many, how many units you sell. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I don't really want to get into things like in-app purchases and, and, and a lot of no. skeevy or loot boxes or whatever. I just, it's no. like... If you want more, you can buy more. Yeah, I joke that that's the most retro part of the game. Is that the business model? It's like you buy it, you just buy it. You know, you own it. Yeah. What? I know it's ridiculous, totally insane. Uh, but again, that is the joy of indie games as well, because we, we're kind of going back on ourselves, back to how it used to be with these games, and and a lot of the indie games are feeling like because they're built for fun, as games used to be. There's no underhanded plan in place. Um, so it's yeah. nice to go back to a bit more of that feeling, which I like. Right. Uh, well, cool. thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been absolutely fantastic. I actually yeah. can't wait to play the game. Cool. Uh, well, I will send you the key. Okay, the then. Well, I, shall, I better stop recording and start editing then. All right. <laughs> and you've got stories <laughs> <And> to write. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, real pleasure. Thank you for taking the time, Richard. No, my pleasure. Thank you for, for coming on. And I'll uh, see you on a future podcast. Brilliant. And that brings us to the end of the show. A huge thank you to Will for bringing us his game, Blaze Sky. And again, please head to Steam and make sure you add it on your wish list. 
because it makes a huge difference for the developers, just like Apple reviews or any reviews, to be fair, uh, makes a huge difference to me for the podcast. Uh, just gives both of us uh, an idea of who's listening, what you're enjoying, and helps other people discover our projects. That'd be amazing. Please don't forget that the live stream is actually on the 18th of March. So that is a, what, I want to say Wednesday, but it might be Thursday. should probably check that first. What is that? That is a Wednesday. So 18th of March, Wednesday the 18th of March, 8pm GMT. You can head to twitch.tv forward slash C for series. I'll link it in the show notes. And if you go over there, hit the follow button, and then you'll get a notification when the live stream is going to go live. Uh, but you will get to speak to Will, speak to myself, and see the game for the first time ever on stream. How cool is that? I'm very excited. So, until next week, I'll see you later. Ciao for now. Thank you.